Hey everyone, hope you are all good. So before I go into today's podcast, what I am going to announce is something pretty big. So the Female Fat Loss Program is starting and is launching already for a start date of the 8th of January. So why am I talking about it now really early on? Because I know it's going to sell out. I know the numbers are going to be at a level that we're going to sell out. So why am I offering it to the people who listen to the podcast and the email list first? Because you've been loyal. You because you've been listening to this throughout the rest the rest throughout the whole year, and it's been amazing, and the support has been amazing. So I want to reward you with being given the priority list and the offering of getting jumping in on the female fat loss program starting on the eighth of January, twenty twenty four. So what do you get? You get rid of the all or nothing approach. You get eight weeks of coaching. You get weekly check-ins, you get accountability, you get your own personalized training, whether it's home or gym, or you can do your own training. You get your personalized calories, you get an individualized coach, you get a one-to-one call with me towards the end, you get a Facebook group with like-minded people, you get weekly lives, and you did I say that you get rid of that all-or-nothing mindset? And you also know that you're taken care of in January, that you're not going to do the same silly shit that you normally do. Excuse my French, but it's not the same city shit that you normally do, which is go full ham and full restriction after eating all the full hams after Christmas. So if you're interested in joining the female fat loss program and getting things right in 2024 and making 2023 the last year that you ever feel like the way you currently do and know that you have the power to reset after Christmas and know that you're in safe hands after Christmas, the price is 99 euro for eight weeks. That is less than one euro eighty per day. That's less than your your cup of coffee that you buy probably every single day. So if you are interested in signing up for the female follows program starting on the eighth of January for ninety nine euro, click on the link in the show notes. If you want more information, drop me a DM or drop me an email, and we can have a chat and we can kind of go from there. So it's ninety nine euro for eight weeks starting on the eighth of January twenty twenty four. Hope to see you there in the female fat loss program. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is with someone who has been quite really, really supportive to me over the last while, particularly kind of listening to podcasts and we've had decent chats kind of over social media and kind of I really wanted to get Adam on for a while. So Adam is an online coach and Adam has kind of, I hate using the word, but blown up on social media over the last little while and He's recently made the move over to Australia with his partner and has set up the business over that way. And this one is a very, very open and honest conversation. We talk about limiting beliefs. We talk about how Adam ended up in jail. We talk about getting the, the kind of the element of that, that free foods and we know where they've come from. We talk about refu- food requiring contacts. We require status and why we do things. We talk about kind of not overcomplicating meals. We talk about not counting calories and how to do that. And should you be counting calories? We are also talking about what is an unhealthy relationship of food and his background with his own experience of an unhealthy relationship of food and what it is to him now. So it's a really open and honest conversation about mental health, food, nutrition, training, all these kind of various different things. So thank you again for Adam to coming on and being so open and honest. And as always, if you're interested, and really enjoy the podcast please leave a review up on itunes or up on spotify or wherever else you get your podcast and i hope that you've you enjoy the episode with adam donald adam how are we sir 
Otibadjian. Thanks for having me on. Thanks so much for coming on all the nice way form. from Australia. Yeah, mate. Long way away from home. Yeah, hopefully they can understand the accent over there for you. Nah, nobody can understand me. I have to I have to really slow down my my speaking to everyone. Like I can imagine, yeah. Nightmare. Uh, so for anyone who isn't aware of what you do, Adam, and who you are and all that kind of stuff, give us a, a brief intro into the life of Adam. Of course. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know me, I am 29, uh, online health and fitness coach. I primarily help sort of middle-aged women who have struggled with uh, poor relationships with food. They've done all of the sort of crazy, extreme fucking yo-yo dads like Slim and World Weight Watchers, Keto, Slim Fast, all of the restrictive things over the years, and they've never really got anywhere. Um, got like sort of limiting self-beliefs in themselves because they've tried everything and they've near, never really had any success with it. Um, been coaching for coming up to six years now. Uh, worked on the gym floor for four years. Just recently went online a year ago um and now i'm currently living in australia with my partner uh business is completely run online but the sort of reason that i got into coaching in the first place and the reason that i help the people that it is because i have i've been in their shoes before um i've never always been like an active person i was never always into the gym i was never always into exercising or eating healthily or it was a complete opposite really uh, I would say like I'm a big introvert by nature. Um, always have been. Like I think I'm just a little bit better at managing it now than I used to be. But like my younger years, I had like no confidence in myself, had no self-esteem, had no communication skills. I was very awkward as a young lad. Um, just locked myself indoors all the time playing computer games. I would sleep all day, be up all night, uh, two or three days straight. Like I used to have like black bags underneath my eyes and stuff because I never seen the light of day for weeks on end. But um yeah it was just very awkward because of that and then whenever I went to college like just because it was so like in a shell really for years um I didn't really have any communication skills so I didn't really gel with anyone um but sort of fell in with the wrong crowd when I went to college uh was studying computer science at the time and I thought that that's what I wanted to do because it was so obsessed with computer games and stuff but um started drinking fell in with the wrong crowd at a young age and uh this drinking gave me like this sense of sort of fake confidence fake self-esteem and i was meeting friends and doing things at the weekend that i wasn't doing before and i sort of became hooked on it like the drinking and partying went from like one day a week to two or three days three days turned to five and then i went to university and ended up drinking pretty much every day for literally almost three years i would say um didn't really realize it at that point. It took me a long time to actually realize it. But the reason that I was drinking so much was because I was depressed and I was lonely. And like, I feel like the drinking was like filling this sort of black void that I had in my life at this point. And uh, it was like numbing this internal pain that I felt mentally and sort of physically temporarily. And then it would make me feel 10 times worse the next day. So like my way of coping with that was through drinking. And like I was taking drugs and stuff at this point as well. I was just poisoning myself every day. Cause like it would numb this lonely empty feeling that i had temporarily and then i was just like sort of going around in circles for a really really long time like um see i've said in stick university out because i never went like it was just i was drinking all all literally all the time i was a very toxic person to be around i was 
getting into fights at weekends. I had no friends at this point. Um, I was just very lonely when I was there. So I dropped out and this was after my first year because I realized that no interest in the course. And I come back at like no job, no money, no friends, no education. And I sort of hit rock bottom. Uh, come back, but the, like the party never stopped. I come back and I just drank my emotions away and took more drugs just to try and numb this empty feeling. Um, it's mad thinking about it, like because it seems like a completely different person reflecting on it. But uh, I was getting arrested and stuff as well, and like every other weekend. And uh, I woke up in a cell one day and just sort of realized that my life was going down two paths. I was going to end up dead or in jail. So I had to do something about it. And I could get out of the cell and went home and broke down on the edge of my mum's bed, crying my eyes out like, and I think I realized at that point that I was depressed and I had problems. So uh went to the doctor, as I think everybody does when they feel like that. And the doctor gave me depression tablets, thought that these were the magic pills that were going to help me and solve all my problems. But it just numbed me and it just made me feel 10 times worse. So I went back and he gave me stronger ones and it just made me feel even worse again. Um, so come off them. And I, yeah, I was just going down a really ropey path, mate. And I think like my uncle was a fitness instructor. He was doing like spin classes and stuff. And he'd always recommended me to get into exercise because it's something that I'd never done in my life. Like, And at that point, I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I'm not going to the gym. Do I look like somebody who wants to exercise? Do you know what I mean? But I finally bit the bullet. Uh, I was doing like walking, a uh, bit of boxing, bit of hiking, taking my dog for a walk and stuff like that. And I fell in love with it straight away. I have a very addictive personality. So I swapped the addiction of like drink, drugs and partying, the, the addiction of sort of exercising, eating clean or eating healthy. Um, and the obsession with it sort of got hold of me. Like I was training seven days a week, two hours a day. Uh, do cardio in the mornings for an hour and then I go to the gym in the evenings and this was seven days a week I wasn't taking a break from it I tried fat burners uh, I tried slim fast done lots of different shake diets I tried keto cut most carbs out of my diet for pretty much a year done extremely restrictive calories I was eating like 1400 calories a day for seven months straight I'm pretty sure my natural testosterone levels were non-existent for a long time um, depression got worse because of this obviously uh, and sort of hit rock bottom again, became obsessed with like my body image, became obsessed with the scales, became obsessed with food and like remember chewing chocolate bars and stuff and spitting them out because I thought if I swallowed them, they were going to make me gain weight. So like I tried fixing um, like the sort of mental health problems that I had by eating healthily and exercising, but actually made them worse because of how obsessed I became with food and exercise and just sort of took it to the extreme. Um, and then, yeah, just sort of through trial and error over the years, making my own mistakes, going through my own sort of adversities with nutrition and all of the sort of mental struggles that I had, um, working with my own coaches and then just sort of realized at that point that I had a passion for fitness, but I knew I was going down the wrong path with it. Path with it. So I wanted to get more educated on it and I knew how much training, exercising and eating healthily had pulled me away from like the depression and it gave me something else to focus on. It got me away from drugs and alcohol and bad habits and bad environments and bad people. Um, and it sort of saved my life from that aspect of it. So I wanted to learn more. And I think that's like, I've always had a current sort of nature where I would like to help other people. And I think when that's when I sort of realized that nothing else going for me at that point where I wanted to take a chance with it. And it's like, right, well, if there's something that I'm going to do here, it's going to be something that I actually enjoy. And that was obviously fitness. So I decided to go down the 
the coaching route and then it just sort of took off from there so uh probably longer story than a short one but that's the the sort of sum up of it but like and i really really appreciate you sharing so much there as well because you're it's it sounds like you're very aware of what was going on obviously when you're in it you're not aware of it but obviously there's an element of self-reflection that's happened for you over the last kind of while and as you said you find like quite an addictive personality and it's a lot of people can find that if they're addicted to something they generally if they go quite head on into um the fitness stuff if they kind of go the other way uh like i can relate to your story an awful lot about depression all through my 20s didn't realize it came to a head ended up in hospital blood clots flew in my lungs I can relate to an awful lot of the stuff that you have kind of kind of said um so when you were kind of talking about it, i was like yep tick that box tick that box tick that box so i can relate to an awful lot of what you've said um on that side of things and it's, it's pretty cool to see that you're at the other side now though and that you're using that as a way of kind of like yeah. helping people it's it's also a unique thing that you kind of in a way you've kind of had the same belief system as a lot of people that you're working with so you kind of understand it from an empathetic point of view rather than being a dickhead coach you're saying you don't want it enough or here's a meal plan karen go off and do your thing yeah so yeah, yeah. Really there's, a lot, there's a lot of those um no but i appreciate that you mentioned i'm gonna go i know i've sent you questions over <coughs> yesterday but i knew these questions weren't going to be asked you mentioned something about limiting beliefs when you were talking yes. about the, the, the type of people that you work with what are the most common kind of limiting mm-hmm. beliefs you see when you're kind of working with, with clients and how to kind of overcome the main one or two of them um i think the biggest one is just obviously lack of belief in their ability to achieve anything like especially when it comes to obviously like losing weight or making progress or even like just becoming a a different version of themselves because they've tried so many different attempts at losing weight over the years like through um i said like slim world weight watchers all of these sort of extreme quick fad diets that most people would go to and they've never had any success with it or maybe they have had success in the short term but it's like they're not educated on how to actually lose the weight or how to maintain it so whenever they stop that approach they regain it all again and then they're back to square one so they try something else and they just sort of end up going around in circles and it's just vicious cycle that they've been on for years so like over time they just lose that belief that they can they can actually succeed and they don't think that there's a way out or they don't think that they're ever actually going to be able to to change they think that they're going to be stuck with the way they are forever because like no matter how much effort or time that they've put into trying to lose weight in the past like they've, they've never been able to get anywhere and they just always sort of end up going back to square one so um that would be the biggest thing that i see like obviously with the clients come in that we work with so it's just it's taking taking them from step one to step two. Do you know what I mean? It's taking baby steps, holding their hand, helping reassure them that they, they are doing the right thing. Getting them on how to do crazy extreme things like fucking cut carbohydrates out of your diet or uh, remove all of the things that you enjoy or give up your your weekends or social events or give up chocolate or give up Halloween sweets. For example, the senior video where you're on was accurate. Like, well, all of these things, um, like it's not necessary. Do you know what I mean? So it's just trying to help educate them on that and learn that they they can lose weight in a healthy way while still living a good quality of life without restricting themselves and just helping them understand how they can reflect on that to to see that they are making progress and that there is um there is a way out without doing the the sort of extreme things that they're used to 
Yeah, and unfortunately, like what a lot of people can struggle with is that kind of like those extremes that people go for. It's like the chaotic head or the chaotic headspace or mind that people have around things already kind of like it, it thrives off restriction. It thrives off the madness of those fat diets that a lot of people could tend to go for. And that just leads into kind of going into the bigger hole. Then you wonder why you can't stick to something. And then that tips away your self-confidence, tips away your self-esteem, your self-worth and why, why you can't stick to anything. And sometimes it takes that, as you said, it's that baby step approach. So many people like, I know when I, you get new clients in and you're talking to them and they're like, well, I'm going to do this, they're going to do this, 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 and this, this week. I'm like, no, 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 we're not doing this, this, and this, we're just doing this. Kind of like, no, no, but I want to, I want to get this as fast as possible. And then you're kind of like, no, no, no. Do you want to lose weight as fast as possible? Or do you want to keep it off forever? And then this epiphany goes off in their heads. And it's kind of like, it's almost that reminder that the quick, fast approach won't work for most people it can work for some people don't get me wrong there are studies showing that quick weight loss and fat loss for some clients can really really get buy-in but for an awful lot of people that i work Mm -hmm. with is quick and fast doesn't really end up great in your love life or with your diet to be honest with you um yeah um you've spoken about slimming clubs um yeah Yes, I think I've read, I think I, yeah, Slimming Clubs are my pet peeve, but I don't know if that's come across on the podcast as of yet. Um, When when people talk about free foods, can you explain what is meant by a free food and why they don't exist? So um, for anyone that doesn't know or luckily hasn't tried Slimming World or anything like that, a free food is basically um, a food that you can consume to help you apparently lose weight that you can eat in endless amounts or infinite amounts of this food um, and still obviously be able to, to make progress and still be able to lose weight, which is, is bullshit, obviously, because when you look at the science or the actual facts, like obviously the only way to lose weight is from creating a calorie deficit, which is eating less calories than your body burns over an extended period of time so let's say like pasta for example is a free food like if you eat unlimited amounts of pasta like you're going to be eating an unlimited amount of calories you're going to rack up a seriously high amount of calories so like let's use karen as an example karen starts in slimming world she's trying all of these different things to try and lose weight but she's eating three massive bowls of pasta a day because it's free and it's filling her up but she doesn't realize that she's racking up thousands and thousands of calories in the background and then people are left stuck wondering why they're they're following Slimming World to an absolute T, but they're not losing any weight because they're consuming what they think is a free food. But what they don't realize is that they're actually consuming fucking thousands of calories across the week. That's on call or um, not, uh, not being taken into consideration. Yeah, it's uh, like, I think some of the foods are like pastas, rices. I agree with one of them. One of the free foods, which is eating more vegetables. Yeah, hundred percent. Get as many like as possible. Because like, people freak out about they hear about like, oh, I can't have free. It's going to make me gain weight. I'm like, I've never heard anyone getting overweight or obese from having too much fruit and vegetables. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Like, yeah, it's just kind of one of these things. Like, if you look at any food that's out there, you could find a sensationalist headline about mm-hmm. it saying it's negative. It's like now if you go into, like, I'm shocked I don't see more people in the shopping center doing those stupid videos. Mm -hmm. All the time. (laughs) Yeah, because I can make up something like, uh, all right, so this is hydrochloric oxide. Uh, It's really, really bad for you. And what I'm pointing at right now is water. 
Yeah. But I've, I've given That's the technical it. name of it and people are be like, they, they, they think that water will be bad for you. It's like, but we know water is, you can die from too little and you can die from too much, but it's kind of like. It's the same with like, sorry, go on, mate. No, go on. Uh, it's like, I use an example with my clients as well. Like when talking about like sort of good or bad foods. So like a lot of my clients, I'm sure it'll be similar with the, the type of clients you work with. Like they'll, they'll think that chocolate is the worst possible food that they can eat. Like God forbid you have a Fredo in the evening with a cup of tea after a stressful day at work. Right. But like they would deem a chocolate bar as a bad food and they would deem like a banana as a good food, for example. But like when it comes to good or bad foods, it's all context. It's the, the damages in the dosage really, like if anything that you're consuming, like there is no inherently good or bad foods for you because like having one chocolate bar is not going to make you gain weight having one banana is not going to make you lose weight but like if you were to consume too many bananas you would get potassium poisoning and you would die so like technically a banana is a bad food when you look at it do you know what i mean yeah and then yeah it's just yeah you can find any argument to do it that way it's normally somewhere in the middle those extremes that people are we look for those extremes because our head is so like going a little bit berserk and then we latch on to it's like what well, this food must be doing this this food must be doing this but if you look at it realistically, well, I've had Bill Campbell on. Bill Campbell's like, uh, does all these kind of clinical studies. And he works with Lane Norton mm-hmm. on a lot of the studies. And I had him on as like, right. about talking about 10,000 calories. Like if you ate 10,000 calories in a day, would it be possible for you to have gained a pound of fat? And he was like, probably not. So even if you're gaining, eating 10,000 calories, which is a, which is four medium dominant pizzas. So like it's a, it's a decent sitting of food you're not going to gain one pound of fat. Yeah. Your body becomes a little bit more, it becomes clever, the computer turns on, but it's not going to almost just go at right. You've gone over your three and a half thousand calories extra and turn on the switch and go into fat gain. It's not how it works. Like the body is yeah. clever. Like it takes a continuous effort to put on weight and it takes an effort yeah. to lose the weight. And I think a lot of people can forget how long it is to maybe taking them to put it on. And they can lose that yeah. kind of like, but because they want everything now, because I don't know where you stand on this. When people are trying to lose weight, it's not often about the weight they're trying to lose. It's more about that kind of caring what other people are thinking about controlling, yeah. about being liked, about being validated. Where do you stand on that? It's all about status for a lot of people as well, isn't it? Like what's other people's opinions going to be of me whenever... I lose the weight or I look better or I get into shape and stuff as well. Um, I think like a lot of people can do it for like the wrong reasons as well. Instead of like doing it for themselves, they're looking, they're seeking out like external validation from other people. Maybe it's their partners or family members or friends or people that they don't even know, like people on social media and stuff as well. They want to impress other people. Do you know what I mean? Instead of like, doing it for the right reasons and doing it for their their own benefit yeah and people can base kind of like the success of it by what other people are going to think when people are kind of like sometimes there's a, there's a fear element and fear like failing is one of them but fear of success is really really big with people because they're afraid of getting that validation then they're afraid of getting that acceptance yeah. because they don't feel like they're worthy but afraid of failing because they're afraid of what Karen down the road and Mary's going to say down the road if they, <laughs> oh, here she, she's on another diet. It's kind of like yeah, 100%. If, we, 
if we really just look at what our own best interests are and kind of like your, your mates and your family don't love you because of what you weigh. And, I, I, yeah. and like, as you said, you can do it for the wrong reasons. And there are plenty of those, but there mm. are so there's a lot of good reasons as well to do it. If you feel like having more energy for your kids, getting more confidence, getting into an outfit, maybe you're getting married, maybe postnatal or whatever, maybe, maybe just feeling confident in yourself or could be getting down your cholesterol. There's loads of positives behind it. Um, but how do you kind of, in relation to people can overcomplicate the whole process? And you mentioned something about one of your pieces of content about overcomplicating, overcomplicating meals and the meals that they're trying yeah. to cook. Can you talk about that a little bit? Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I think like just in general, people massively overcomplicate it, um, especially especially people coming from like sort of quick fad diets and extreme. Um, sort of that's what they've tried over the years to sort of have like an all or nothing sort of approach to it. They think that everything has to be perfect. It's very black and white. It's either um, 100% perfect or there's no point. It's all in or all out. You know what I mean? And like, I think that's a problem with like social media and stuff as well, because you have all of these like influencers on people who have shouldn't be given advice. The people are people who are just giving bullshit advice on what they should or should not be eating. Um, Well, like it doesn't have to be as complicated as you think. Like, I always use a phrase to my clients like you're not trying to impress fucking Gordon Ramsay with your meals like you're just trying to eat something that's easy convenient it's going to give you energy it's going to keep you full it's going to reduce your urge to snack and stuff throughout the day as well so like the the easiest sort of approach that I take with like say like a complete beginner who's coming in with me who's never tracked calories before maybe they're coming from a slim and world background where they've, they haven't been actually educated on how to do it it's like um aim for like three meals a day two to three main meals a day some people don't like eating breakfast that's fine you don't need to eat breakfast if you don't want to aim for two to three main meals a day prioritize a protein source with each of them meals like that's the first thing that you want to try and get in with your meals if you don't get it that's okay it's not a big deal just try and get it in the next meal but like the protein is going to help keep you full it's going to keep you satiated it'll help reduce cravings and snacking and stuff throughout the day as well it adds more volume to your meals um and then try and get a carbohydrate source in for energy because carbs are nice do you know what I mean? They're extremely satisfying. Um, and obviously it's going to give you energy and stuff throughout the day. It's like bread, pasta, rice, wraps, bagels, whatever it is. Um, and then try and get some volume in there. So like fruits and veg. Do you know what I mean? I think for me, I used to have the same sort of mindset as well. Like whenever I was going through like my own sort of extreme a- a- approach, um, I was eating like chicken and rice, your traditional bodybuilder diet every day for I would say four months straight. It was chicken and rice for lunch, chicken and rice for dinner with no sauce, no salt, no pepper, no, no nothing. Like, do you know what I mean? It's miserable, but it's not necessary. And like, you don't need to, to, to massively overcomplicate it. Eat foods that taste nice. Eat foods that you enjoy. Do you know what I mean? Don't be eating foods that you don't like. Cause if you don't like them, like you're not going to stick to it. You're not going to be feel very motivated to go back and do it again. It's, you're going to be far less likely to actually stay consistent with it for long enough to get a result. And like, I think that's where people make a mistake as well. They go from zero to a hundred instead of going from zero to one. They go from not doing anything to changing their entire diet at once, taking out chocolate, taking out alcohol, taking out social events, taking out weekends away with their family, taking out ice cream, taking out bread, taking out all other things that they actually enjoy and that actually taste nice. Do you know what I mean? And then they, they, they move to this extremely rigid and strict dad eating foods that they don't like and then they can't stick to it and they wonder why they're in the ending up back at square one again yeah it's it's the extremes are really really where people are kind of 
our base and it's like they want everything now we all want everything now we want the the, the path of least resistance like the example i always use with clients is when you go to college you go to college for your three or four years you don't try to do your degree in one year you don't try to do your degree in two years yeah. you hold out for the four years and then you get your degree at the end of it but when it comes to this food piece and this weight loss piece or weight gain piece whatever it may be we get so emotionally attached to it because how we look it's how we're perceived it's like a control thing for us that if we look this way we'll be accepted by everyone else that almost yeah. can come with a level of arrogance as well like why do you need to be liked by every single person on this earth even if you look at the likes of say kanye west or jennifer aniston or whatever it may be there's people who may not like their movies or their music even and they're like elite celebrities. So why do you feel you need to be liked and accepted by every single person? Because even if you've got that validation or acceptance, realistically, yeah. you're probably not going to believe it. Yeah, it's not going to make a difference either. Though. <laughs> no, like it, it'll be fleeting. It'll be like sticking a sticking a fork into a toaster. It will give you a little bit of buzz for a while. Yeah. It's not going to give you much, yeah. much for like you have like if you've got a family and you've got people at home and stuff like that. They're the ones that are going to hopefully be supporting you. They're the ones that are going to give you that validation piece. They're the ones that are giving you acceptance for who you are. But we're looking for more. We need more. We live in this dopamine nation. Where we're looking yeah. for this reward fix this electric bulb in our head going off i need more i need more it's like you don't need more you need to like actually take stock and say right what do i have and appreciate that it's not hard it's not easy to do because we're also fucking busy all the time um, and social media is a big one to do well as well isn't it that sort of dopamine craving like seeking external sort of validation i think that's something i used to struggle with as well was being hurt on social media and just consuming all of the time watching other people's lives seeing what they're getting up to seeing their highlight reels but like i think that's what a lot of people don't understand what i didn't understand as well like you're seeing people's highlight reels you're seeing the best part of their day you're seeing the best part of their month you're seeing the best part of them at that time do you know what i mean you're not seeing behind the scenes it's not real life do you know what i mean and like you're never going to please everybody you're never going to keep everybody happy and like when you actually sit down and think about it like most people don't care about you so like why would you care about what other people think obviously as you said like friends and family and your loved ones and your partner like those are the people that's important but anybody outside of your your close circle or like your immediate sort of circle like fuck them like excuse my french but like you shouldn't be worrying about what other people's um expectations are of you what other people are thinking about you because it's not important yeah well everyone like what does my dad say my dad said to me is like uh Opinions are like arseholes. Everyone has one. Yeah, literally, literally. Yeah, he's a poet. He really is. Uh, <laughs> it, you mentioned there about kind of clients about tracking calories and stuff. Do you have any? Uh, do you have any advice on someone that's trying to maybe to lose weight without counting calories from the beginning, or trying to ease out of counting calories at the minute? Hundred um, percent. I actually work with a lot of clients who don't like tracking calories um they have tried it before like for anybody that hasn't done it before i would recommend doing it for the first couple of weeks or the first couple of months because it's the most educational tool you can use like you're going to learn more about nutrition in a month tracking your food than you will in your entire life previously trying other diets and stuff but like i can understand that some people get anxiety and stuff around tracking food because i've been in that position before and it used to give me severe anxiety i was obsessed with it and it can lead to a very poor 
sort of state of mind. So like if it does, obviously don't do it. There's other options that you can you can use. One of the ones that I mentioned earlier is like sort of aiming for two to three meals a day, prioritizing protein, uh, carbohydrates, fruits and veg with each meal, making sure you're drinking plenty of water. And like if you're not making progress after a few weeks, like look at the foods that you're consuming, try and reduce portion sizes slightly and maybe remove one of the snacks and just measure your progress that way. Another method that we use with our clients is taking pictures of their meals because there's no numbers attached to it. So instead of actually tracking your your calories, you just keep a food diary. Um, I actually have one racking place. Like this is one that I have some food logs and stuff in it from myself instead of tracking calories because I like to step away from it sometimes as well. But um, write down the foods that you're consuming instead of actually tracking it. Do you know what I mean? Write down breakfast, lunch, dinner, any snacks or anything that you've consumed, any fizzy drinks, any alcohol. Just be honest with yourself. Nobody else is going to judge you on it. Do you know what I mean? You're going to build more awareness around your nutrition without actually tracking your food. And then you can measure your progress over time. You're going to see, you're going, you're automatically going to make better choices off the back of it anyway, because you're going to bring attentiveness and awareness to, to how much or how little you're eating on a daily basis. Or if maybe you skip your lunch throughout the day, it's going to lead to consuming more in the evenings and you're going to become more aware of that. So you can start filling that gap. So it makes the process a lot easier. But like, I think a lot of people think that you have to track calories to lose weight when it's not necessary at all. Like we work with a lot of clients who who don't track calories at all and they're making amazing progress just by being more aware of their nutrition, keeping a food journal, taking pictures of their food. And like some people can take a more intuitive approach. It's not for everyone, um, but like there's no, there's no one true fits all approach to this. Do you know what I mean? There's 101 different ways to skin a cat. It's probably a really terrible analogy, like, but there's so many different ways that you can do things. What are you, what's your thoughts on it? I would say like about 60 to 70% of my one-to-one clients don't count calories. And I know a big goal for a lot of people is that they've been counting calories for a while, that they want to learn how to eat and actually trust themselves around food again. So we can't really do that around with my fitness pal because it's kind of like you're using another app to to distract you, using another app to kind of, to kind of like do the, the work for you. Um, a really great way to look at it is if my fitness pal is the right tool for you is I think it's a great education tool on the right hands. Should it be used all the time? Probably not. That's my opinion. Uh, it's personal choice, what you want to do, but a, a great way to see if my fitness pal is the right way for you is, are you counting everything? So like, are you counting your weekends or are you stopping on the weekends? Or are you just, when you're doing your check-in with your coach, are you just entering in a nice round number of 2,500 or 3,000? They're generally the numbers that people pick out of their arse. Um, yeah all the time like i i know what the numbers are and i i know that's not what you had so like that's probably a sign that you're probably not a great tool do the way is if you're eating things outside of your my fitness pal and you're not entering it in you're probably not ready to use the app and the reason why you're probably doing that is afraid of judgment you're maybe protecting yourself from judgment from your coach or from judgment from yourself and you don't want to actually declare it so you're protecting it's that control mechanism again like we're actually quite clever mm-hmm. in the way we try to protect ourselves but the real the realistic thing is you're protecting yourself from actually getting to where you want to go by not being open and honest about it because it's like going to your accountant and not giving your expenses and only giving your revenue like it's not given yeah. the true picture. Like if you're, then you'll start to get annoyed why the weight's going, not going the right direction or your measurements are not going the right direction. And you're kind of like, well, you haven't been 
open and honest with yourself. Never mind the coach or whoever you're talking to or working with or working on your own. But you're really only kind of kidding yourself. I know where it's coming from is this whole control mechanism and perfection mindset. But perfection really is a description of the inability to accept that you are human. There will be times you overeat. Stopping emotional eating doesn't mean you stop emotional eating. It means you reduce the amount of times it happens and are aware of why it happens. It doesn't mean it just stops. Like you and I emotionally eat. All the time. Well, yeah. not all the time. <laughs> but it happens. <laughs> it, often. it does happen. Like it, it does happen. Uh, people think that if we stop emotionally eating, it's kind of like it's never going to happen again. No, no, no. It happens. It's just yeah. if it reduces it 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% of the time, that's huge. All uh, I think like that all or nothing sort of mindset comes down to it as well, especially with like tracking my fitness pal. I see it with a lot of clients, as you said, they come in at the start and they're like, I I ask them, like I give them the the opportunity to pick which method that they would like. And like some of them decide to pick tracking calories. And like if they miss one day or they miss one meal, it's self-destruct, hit the fuck it button, <laughs> and that's it gone. Do you know what I mean? They'll stop tracking Friday, Saturday, and Sunday before they restart Monday because they feel like they failed in that week. And then it's just, again, it comes back to that sort of vicious cycle. But like, I think it's, as you said, like being more aware, especially when it comes to like emotional eating and stress and stuff as well, which is a lot to do why a lot of people can't stay consistent and stuff with it is becoming more aware of it. And like understanding that you are human, you are going to make mistakes. You're never going to be perfect. Perfection doesn't exist. And aiming for it is only going to make you, make you miserable. Do you know what I mean? Like understand, like you are going to make mistakes, but think about how you can learn from them, see them as learning experiences on how you can make a better decision next time around and how you can grow from from that setback and stop looking at it as a failure it's the terminology and like their their perception of it um that that causes the the problems yeah and i think what you mentioned there about kind of like we're we're talking now and kind of like the day after halloween so yeah i can only imagine what's happening right now for an awful lot of people unfortunately um, but that whole fucking mindset, I think some people can latch on to that as almost like a badge of honor. And yeah. that's the only way to describe the actual action. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like if you overspent money on, say, a coat or clothes or a bag or something like that, do you go and spend the rest of your money half or <laughs> no money to feed your family? And then people will be thinking, yeah. like, no. So, okay, so we don't do it with money. Then why do we do it with food? It's because yeah. we feel out of control. We feel uneasy. We feel that we're going to get judged. We feel that other people are going to judge us for it. But the reality mm-hmm. is no one's really watching what you're doing. You're not wondering what I'm having for breakfast after this podcast. You're not yeah. wondering what Adam's going to be having for his dinner in whatever time. You're not, yeah. like, people are not literally honing in on that much detail on what you're trying to do but putting these walls up and putting these terms and latching onto those terms that people have about kind of this whole of um the pocket button or all or nothing people can or i'm an emotional leader is the one that kind of annoys me a little bit it's like you're not an emotional leader you're someone who eats emotionally if we see the way it's that we've removed ourselves from it um but a, a lot of people Guys, we're so distracted by things and we're so busy all the time. We actually don't know what our actual own needs are. 
And that's where people can get really, really confused. Because like, if you don't know what your needs are, how can you go and meet them? And we rely on other people to try and give them that, all those needs to us and that dopamine hit and that validation. So it's kind of like food is such a complex thing. It's such an easy thing to do. A food is just easy. Like it is easy, but what conf- what yeah. what makes it difficult is emotions. That's the reality of it. Definitely. Um, 100%. the last 100%. question I'm going to ask you, Adam, is what is a healthy relationship with food for you? For me, coming from coming from someone who has had a like I. Wouldn't, I was never like diagnosed with it, but I would say touching on a borderline eating disorder at one point. Um, I obviously had a, a very messed up sort of relationship with food and the scales and my own body image and stuff it was very restrictive for a very, very long time. So like for me, it's it's not having this extreme approach. Um, understand that you can still enjoy your favorite foods without having to restrict yourself, without feeling fucking guilty about it. Do you know what I mean? You can you can eat sweets with your your family on Halloween and enjoy it and wake up the next day and just get on with your life. You can go out and have ice cream with your kids on a Friday night. You can go to the cinema and have popcorn with your partner on a Saturday. You can go out for a meal with your friends or your coworkers on a Sunday and just get back on track the next day like without feeling guilty about it and without having to, to punish yourself for it. Because like that's something I used to do, is to punish myself with cardio and exercise after having a chocolate bar because I felt like I had to burn it off because it ruined my progress. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like, for me, it's enjoying all foods in moderation, like understanding there is no inherently good or bad foods and you don't have to label them as such. Do you know what I mean? And just being able to actually enjoy a, a wide palette of everything that you enjoy. Like, I think like one of the easiest pieces of, not easiest the pieces of advice, because it's not easy, like for a lot of people, but like mainly focus on trying to get like 80% nutrient dense foods in your diet like what you would think is a healthy food whole grains lean protein sources fruits and veg and then allow the rest of your diet to be made up of things you like like i think that mindset had really helped me over the years where i don't have any restriction in place i'm still allowing allowing myself to have a chocolate bar if i want one i'm still allowing myself to go over my calories someday if that happens that's okay i can tomorrow's a new day like if you miss once just don't miss twice is like another sort of mindset that i have but like yeah i think for me it's a healthy relationship with food is enjoying everything in moderation without self-destructing without feeling guilty about it and actually enjoying it in the moment because like you see like for me i used to self-destruct when i would have chocolate right i would self-destruct if i had a a chinese with my family i would self-destruct if i couldn't track a meal gram for gram right but like say for example um you eat a chocolate bar and you feel like you've ruined your diet or you got, I got a Domino's pizza last weekend and I enjoyed every bite of it because I haven't had one in months, whereas I would have self-destructed before. But like, I enjoyed that meal. I spent time with my partner. We watched a movie. So like in that moment in time, you're, you're getting something from it. You enjoy it. You're enjoying it at that time. Do you know what I mean? It's making you feel good. It tastes nice. Um, but it's the next day where we're sort of people self-destruct when they look back at it in hindsight and they're like, oh, that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. It's just like, your, it's your perception of it. It's reframing it. Um, I think I'm going off on a, a tangent a wee bit here, but yeah, I mean, a healthy relationship with food is being able to enjoy everything in moderation. There is no good or bad foods. Um, yeah. No, no, it makes sense. And I think a big thing well, that you've kind of mentioned there is kind of being able to realize that you have the power to reset you have got the power to 
have that pizza with your partner and be clear on your values. I think that's a big thing that a lot of people don't realize. They aren't clear on their values. They wonder why they get overwhelmed. And overwhelmed generally just comes from doing a whole lot of things that aren't aligned with your values. It's kind of like if you yeah. if people actually listed out their values right now, they're probably doing a whole lot of things and a whole lot of activities that aren't actually bringing them to where they want to go or that are making them fulfilled. They're doing a whole lot of things. They're being busy fools and doing for things for everyone else. But when it comes to food, it's kind of like, well, maybe you enjoy your few drinks with your partner or your meal out or your takeaway once a week or whatever it may be. And that adds to your life. Well, then yeah. there's no point in you going to a coach who's going to tell you to cut all that stuff out, be miserable and be back to square one every single week. That's not a coach. That's a dictatorship. So you need to realize like, you can have a life and still get weight loss and fat loss, whatever you want to do. Yeah. You can still get to your goal. Are there times you may need to rein it in and pull it back and all that kind of stuff? Yes, but it doesn't mean completely mass destruct. Maybe it's having half the pizza rather than the full pizza. Yeah. Maybe it's having one takeaway a week rather than the three takeaways a week. Maybe it's having one night out every month rather than every weekend. But you can, it, 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 it's very different. Like I enjoy my, my date nights and stuff like that. It's yeah. not, that's not what, that's what adds to my life. It's not the, it's, it's the, it being in the moment, it's chilling out, it's going to the cinema or it's going to having your takeaway or whatever it may be. I also use it as a way to like get a feck load of food into me after a football match because oh, I just sad. I couldn't be arsed to cook after a football match. I'm too old for yeah. that. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like, I have to say, Adam, thank you so much for for being so open and honest, particularly around your story. The bit around the status piece, I think, is going to help overcomplicating meals. The really useful tips around not counting calories and stuff. Where can people find out about you on social media? Where can people work with you? Uh, so Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube Shorts, just at Adam Donald Fitness. Awesome. Adam, thank you so much for coming on. My pleasure, Shane. Thanks for having me on, mate. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much to Adam for coming onto the podcast and sharing his incredible and open and honest journey about his struggles, where he's at right now. And it's great to see some of the good guys are, are catching their break now. So thank you again to Adam. If you are interested in the female follows program, click on the link in the show notes. The spaces are going really, really fast. So please do, uh, if you're interested in them, they're, once they're sold out, that link will stop working. And I may probably have to open up more spaces if their demand is there. So 8th of January, Female Fat Loss Program starts. Taylor training, weekly check-ins, accountability, getting rid of that all or nothing mindset, knowing that you can have weekends and still enjoy them and get results. That's what my job is as a coach. It's not to body shame you, starve you, restrict you, any of that other stuff that some coaches, well, coaches are the wrong word. So if you enjoyed the episode, please do tag us up on your story. Please leave a review up on iTunes and please subscribe to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.